0: Hi there, we're back with thoughts and the Anunnaki with Billy Carson.
1: His dad tells them to get in this great ship and take the crew with you and go back and to get the out. So they actually take off into the sky until they say they saw the planet disappear. When they got to Earth, they then started descending where they saw one of the ancient great, temp, ancient great temples with the floodwaters residing down beneath it, and that's when they decided to land. So I don't think they're from Earth. They they went away and they came back. They're always going and coming all the time. You know, uh, but um, these are some really advanced people. When they opened the ship, the the doors to the ship, the people at that time now were like barbaric, and they wanted to attack them. And Thoth raises his staff and he says he sent out a ray of vibration, stopping them still as stone in the mountain. So he had some kind of advanced weaponry that froze these people, but didn't kill them. And I kind of compare that in the book to. Something we have called the active denial system in the military now, where they have the same beam weapon that can stop a crowd from attacking sure. without injuring Absolutely. anybody. So it renders them down to their knees. Exactly, exactly. So I make the comparisons there, so you can see we're talking advanced technology in ancient times.
2: Could the craft that you're talking about, the ships that you're talking about, have been basically the story of Noah's Ark? In the fact that maybe they went up
1: in a spaceship, not not a boat. Yeah, I really do believe that Noah's Ark. Uh, was a, a DNA bank. Uh, now, if you look at the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is one of the Sumerian tablets, which is like the full story of, of, of uh, Noah's Ark, uh, he was given a design to build an actual uh, submersible. And it wasn't square or rectangular. It was actually round. The actual, you know, the writing... Like writings, a craft. Like a craft. Uh, and do, you know, some of his local animals, just his local farm animals were put on it. But overall, it was really... Uh, the collection of DNA from all around the planet of animals that they would have needed to re-kickstart civilization. I think that went to a DNA bank, and then they were... Because Thoth and Enki were mass geneticists, and so I think it was very easy for them to bring back uh, these animals. In one part of the Sumerian tablets, they talk about fashioning a lamb, because lambs hadn't been here yet. So these people were very advanced genetically and were able to make all these animals.
2: There was a point where I would say we've lost all this past
1: information, but researchers like you have obviously found it it's here you just have to read so many different things and research so much information to paint the big picture you can't just like go i'm going to read this one book and i'll learn about the ancient past it's not going to happen that way no you've got to go through thousands of texts and scriptures and books and writings and perspectives and information and you have to research modern technology because you can't uh, envision what they're trying to say if you don't compare it to something in the modern times. And we have a lot of modern technology right now that will really give you an idea of what they were talking about in the ancient past. Are they still here, Billy? I really do believe they are. In Emerald Tablets, Thoth talks about the fact that they uh, they, they walk amongst men, but unlike men. So they use oh. these avatar bodies that they clone and create, and they put their consciousness into them. They call it transfer my ego into this you know, sleeve, sure. basically. Do and they know what they are? They know what they are. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've long shed their original Avatar bodies that they were probably born with. And they've now just been jumping from body to body. I don't think that they jump from bodies that are not theirs. It appears that they have the capability of making their own sleeves. And they transfer into those bodies.
2: Since this has been going on, since the beginning of time, I would think.
1: Are they doing this on other planets, too? Oh, I really do believe so. Uh, one, of, you know, one of the biggest things that I've researched are space anomalies. And I've made the news on that many times, researching information from the NASA and the European Space Agency, the NASA, uh, the Russian Space Agency, the Indian Space Agency, and looking into uh, all of their space data from the probes that have been sent out, all the rovers that have been sent out. And we've now, the United Family of Anomaly Hunters, we've cataloged thousands and thousands of images, over 15,000 anomalies in our solar system alone. And a lot of these things look like things just, you know, on Earth. Uh, On Venus, I discovered through the USGS.gov, uh, radar image of a city there and this city actually looks like it's got a temple on it with a cross oh my gosh! So I think that they've duplicated this thing over and over again masquerading as gods as they go and Utilizing people as cattle to do a lot of the work for them. I got a call uh, a couple of weeks ago
2: from a former national employee uh, Who is well known? but I'm not gonna mention his name yet and he's in bad health, very bad health around he I want to put together a bunch of documents and send them to you. Give me your address. And I said, what's in these documents? And he said, you've got to see them first.
1: Mm. But they're coming from within NASA. Mm. I can't wait to get these things. Oh, yeah. Who knows what they are? Oh, yeah. It's probably going to be a lot of anomalies that uh, were obfuscated. There's a lot of stuff that's popping up that's coming out now. And the government's kind of really giving us a drop-by-drop drop disclosure and uh, letting people kind of get the information. They're not really, really denying aliens and UFOs anymore. Uh, you know. So they're kind of just letting us be the researchers to look it up and bring it to the general population as like, we're a form of the disclosure as well.
2: Our Gaia series called Ancient Civilizations explores the mysteries of the Great Pyramids as well. There is an ancient convent to be found within the Great Pyramid. It's within the geometry, not just of the pyramid itself, its relationship to the other two main pyramids of the Giza Plateau. Having studied this for a number of years, it seems to be related very much to do with the idea of the music of the spheres, the idea that there is some kind of connection primal tone for the universe itself, and their relationship to creation of form and structure in the physical world, and to or somehow, somehow. tune and enhance this
0: connection. That certain. Prop- Maybe turn on a Bluetooth so I can work while I'm listening.
2: have to be constructed into the design of the pyramid and also the geometry of the landscape itself. And these seem to reflect the musical intervals. Billy, the technology and the architecture of the
1: pyramids were yes. absolutely astounding. Yes. How did they do this? Well, Thoth is the master architect of this whole thing. He really laid he did out... everything. He did everything. He laid this out. What he did with the Great Pyramid was he took some type of advanced computer program and said okay here's all the data that we've collected on earth. the dimension of the planet the size of the planet the distance of the planet from earth to the moon and so forth and everything where else. they built them and he you got that then i mean that he built the great pyramid directly at the center of the land mass on earth not the center of the earth but the center of the land mass so think about it in order to find out the center of land mass you have to have a scan of the entire planet yes you can only do that with technology and above above you have to be in space and You can't use a regular satellite that just goes around the equator. It has to be a satellite that goes on the North Pole. So it's a North Pole orbit. So this is a very new orbit that we ourselves just discovered on how to do in the last couple decades. So now this type of an orbit of the planet, as the planet's rotating on its axis, it's just going around this way and taking an image as it rotates, and then the images are stitched together, and that's how you get a complete global scan. You can't do it on the equator. You have to do it that way. So this is an amazing piece of technology or evidence of amazing Absolutely. technology in the ancient past. Then the other thing is the fact that the uh, location of the Grand Gallery are the same digits of the speed of light in meters in, uh, by longitude. Now, how can you get this? Okay, well, you go, meters were just recently discovered. Well, actually not. If you look into the Proto-Sumerian text and you discover that they had meters all the way back then, thousands of years ago. We rediscovered meters or possibly the gentleman that discovered it read the ancient Sumerian tablets in the I can use this for new, new mathematical calculations. Uh, so we had meters already. The other thing is if you take the size of the pyramid blocks and multiply them by 10 squared, a lot of them, you start to come up with all these weird calculations. Sure. You can actually discover the distance of the earth to the moon, the distance of the earth to the sun. You can calculate the tropical year, the sidereal year. You can actually calculate the speed of the sun around the galactic equator. All this is built into the Great Pyramid. And then, what's amazing, if you look at the Pyramid Giza from from above, look at all the temples Mm -hmm. and the locations of them, you can actually then draw a grid map, and that grid map will give you the location of every planet in our inner solar system and the astronomical unit distance from the sun down to the inches. But compared to a NASA. Interplanetary map, it's it almost overlays and almost matches perfectly. The mathematics must have been unbelievable. Unbelievable mathematics. And this is all encoded into Giza and the Great Pyramid. The Great Pyramid is also a one by four thirty-two scale of the Earth. I mean this is all you know and it resonates at four and thirty-two hertz. I mean it's, it's <laughs> these all tied accidents. together. It's all tied together. Interesting. What and who are the dark brothers? The Dark Brothers are talked about in the Emerald Tablets by Thoth, and he basically says that uh, two things about them. One are these are civilizations that have risen and fallen. They're the cause of the fall of civilizations all over the universe. Hmm. And that uh, it's a, a yin and a yang. You can't have good without evil, and you can't have evil without good. But no matter where he's gone throughout the entire universe, he's actually gone and watched civilizations rise and fall. And these dark brothers are always the reason for the fall of civilizations. And it becomes this ego that takes over mankind or these different. Different, you know, species of man all over the universe. Apparently, hominids are pretty standard everywhere you go. Uh, and it, it's this evil mentality, this egotistical mentality, this power control mentality that takes over a person, and then starts to drive a civilization back down into dark ages again. And it has to do with them understanding how to get to a high level of civilization consciously and technologically, but then taking it and using that force for for, for a dark intentions. And, but you, bad. so you have the dark and you have the good so it's almost like Star Wars it makes you wonder where George Lucas got his information from good because point. you have the dark forces and you have the light force and you so you have the like you know the Jedi and then you have the you know the, the Empire here right. whatever so it's really um, the a really here yeah, the force you know and they take these dark forces and they use them to turn people against each other kind of like what you see right now just going on our planet you've got all the people fighting against each other with a very small amount of people controlling everything from behind the scenes. And they're controlling both sides, so they got us like puppets. And they got us fighting each other so we can't find out that we're supposed to be really fighting them. And so that's what it's talking about. Were these human beings, Billy, or what were they? These were beings like him, Atlanteans or these these uh you know beings that have the capability of living for many eons. And uh they plant themselves in different civilizations and they literally thrive off of causing turmoil, angst, anxiety Starvation, poverty, murder, and everything else. Why they do this? It doesn't really specifically say. But this is the reason for the cycle of the yugas, where civilizations rise and fall. Like right now, we're in something called the Tetra Yuga, and we're, which is like the Silver Age, and we're headed back towards the Golden Age again. Is that a good or bad thing? That's a, gr- a great thing because that's where lifespans are extended. That's where technology is really super advanced. That's where we we'll become a, we become an intergalactic civilization. And these yugas, these yuga cycles, last for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, The 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 bad thing about it is, for for whatever reason, it then goes down again. We go back into like a bronze age where these dark brothers or these dark forces start to take over mankind again, and we start to sink and go back consciously into a low level. War start up, greed starts up, power struggle starts up again, and the next thing you know, we fall into a low level of civilization. And this cycle has happened at least four times just on this planet. So we're talking about four or five uh, you know, uh, million years of rising and falling. And according to the minds, we're heading into the fifth age again. So now we're heading back into another golden age. And the biggest thing that I want to learn from these tablets, the reason why I wrote this book, is because I don't think it's nowhere written that says you, we have to stay in this cycle. There's nowhere written that says we have to rise and fall. When can we break this time loop? Can we break it? Can we finally for once stay at a higher level and maintain that level? That would be nice. That would be fantastic. What is the ancient Smith effect? What is that? Well, you know, this is one of the things that has to do with the Dark Brothers and how they subconsciously get into your psyche. So they control the media, they control the news, they control what you eat, what you think, what you see and everything else. Are they the deep state that we hear so much about? The deep state. They're the deep state. They're all these hidden figures behind the scenes pulling all the strings that nobody ever can really see who they are, but they're there. You know, there's a hundred families running this entire planet, but there's still a handful of them that that are really making all the final decisions. And so that's really what it's all about. So the Agent Smith uh, effect is when, like, mm-hmm. if you're talking to somebody, like a friend or a family member about what you saw on TV and it's like a sitcom or a TV show, everybody's having a great conversation about it. But as soon as you stop and talk about is 9-11 a conspiracy or, uh, you know, what they're putting in our food is poison, huh. all of a sudden that person will then change. Their continence will change or <laughs> their, their their attitude will change and they'll almost become... Like a prison guard to stop you from talking about those topics and try to skew you back into what the more comfortable topics were, which was gossiping and so forth and so on. (laughs) So it's like this thing jumps into them. It's like this Matrix programming takes over their body, and that's part of the dark forces that happen. And it's called the Agent Smith effect, kind of after the Matrix movies, where Agent Smith would pop into the bodies of other people to fight against Neo. You've got to have a Ph.D. in ancient technology. (laughs) My God, how do you know all this stuff? Uh, you know, I've been research, research, researching this for so many years now. You know, since 1977 until this current day, researching aerospace and technology, and combining with the knowledge of ancient wisdom and ancient texts, and trying to put the two together, trying to look for a unified physics, kind of like Nassim Haramein. I, I study a lot of his work and seeing how, how how the uh, quantum mechanics and quantum physics really does interact with spirituality. You can't have one without the other. If you try to only go the spiritual way and not incorporate the science behind it, you don't really get the big picture and vice versa. So I really tried to put you know, pieces of the puzzles together and try to paint a picture not only for myself but for everybody else. Billy, what are cymatic frequencies? Well these are the hidden frequencies behind the ether of space time that literally jingle matter into existence. And so I even talk about in the book that Thoth is talking about using cymatics and lights and photonic light to create matter. So he would actually literally utilize um, photons and cymatic frequencies, which are jiggling strings in the ether of space-time, is called string theory. But he had the ability to access that and utilizing vocalizations and cymatic frequencies, com- combining the two together to create solid bricks and matter and everything else. So some of these structures weren't built by, uh, you know, going and uh, and getting quarrying bricks and blocks. Some of these structures were literally manifested. And we as now, people on Earth, scientists just recently, it's in my book, a whole article on it, physics.org, they discovered how to turn light, photonic light into solid matter. Interesting. So we're just now catching up to what the ancients already knew.
2: In the 1970s, there was a legendary film put together by Hans Jenny Mm. about cymatics. Everything owes its existence solely and completely to sound. Sound is the factor which holds it together. Sound is the basis of form and shape. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. We are told that this is how the world began and how creation took shape. If we put that into the modern idiom and say that into the great voids of space came a sound, and matter took shape. Please watch carefully. We can also use different shapes of plate. Here we have a triangular plate with a crystal attached to its underside. A We change to a higher note
1: and see a rather more complicated figure. How important is What does he mean by that, though? See, it's very important. For example, in space-time itself, there are these. Uh, these strings that vibrate and give off these frequencies and vibrations, and they wave. They run across us like a like a wave across, you know, across an ocean. So, for example, if you look at a, a cheetah and it's got these spots on its back, mm-hmm. well, the genetic makeup of a cheetah vibrates vibrates at a specific frequency that's in a match for that pattern that's being emanated directly from space time through something called the Flower of Life and the Vesica Piscis, and that's where these sound frequencies are emanated from. We can't hear them with our human ears, but they're there. And so when that splashes across the genetic makeup of a a cheetah, that gives it the pattern that's on its back. And this is the same thing for every, every living thing on this entire planet. Whatever your tuned frequency vibration, your subatomic frequency vibration is a match for, from the emanating frequencies or the cymatics coming out of space time, that will create your shape, your form, your figure, and also even your perspective on reality as well. And all really solid matter is, is these vibrating waves that interact with electromagnetic frequencies and then consciousness comes in and collapses it into something we consider to be called digital or solid matter if a person understands this in their day-to-day life what can they do if you understand this yeah it can change your life once you really understand that the biggest thing about this is solidity is an illusion separation is an illusion uh and when you understand that it means that we're all one in other words, I'm sitting here talking to you, but I'm really talking to myself. And when you begin to understand that we're all one, you know, the ancients have a term, "In la kek ala I am another you. And what it means is I'm going to have a lot more respect for you as a human being, as a person, as an animal, as an entity on this planet or anywhere in the universe. I'm going to treat you like I would treat myself because you are me. There's only one real consciousness that exists. And we are just the consciousness separated into trillions and trillions of entities so that it can experience itself subjectively from different perspectives. In other words, it wants to see what it's like to be human. It wants to see what it's like to be a blade of grass or even a rock. And that's what we're here for. We're we're on a data collection mission, sending information back to the source. What does this
2: tell you about the complexity of life, Billy, in that? Not a lot of people probably are aware of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. They will be after they watch
1: this program. Right. <laughs> but what does that tell you about life itself? Oh, it's a lot more complex. I think that we've gotten um, complacent and we've taken a lot for granted. The fact that even that human beings are creators ourselves, we have the divine energy inside of us and we ourselves are also creators, we even take that for granted. The fact that everything that's here, even including the TV that people are watching us on right now, is all started off as a thought and then became reality in the third dimension. It's manifested from a thought. I think we've taken all of this for granted and we've gone through like a, like robots through our day. Wake up, go to sleep, get married, have kids, go to work, you know, retire and die but it's a lot more to it. I think when you really understand how complex and how incredible it really is, it'll take you and your mind into other dimensions and other places, other tangents, and really start to really appreciate everything that's here on another level. I really want to appreciate now, now I used to say every second, then I used to say every microsecond, now I want to enjoy every plunk unit. That's the small, small, smallest measurement of time. And you know, I want to enjoy every single tiny bit that I can enjoy in this dimension now. Do we as human beings manifest everything that happens to us we literally do see the way that manifestation works and people when I tell people that they are God they some people get will get offended by that but they don't realize what I'm saying is you have the power of the creator as above so below the power of creation is already inside of you and we do it every single day so in a real world uh, you know example would be if I wanted to create for example a cell phone so I would think about the cell phone in my mind so that's a consciousness platform Mm -hmm. and that platform now thinking about the shape size texture what it can do all the functionality and I go okay I want to manifest this Now I take that information and I give it over to a CAD designer who brings it into a two-dimensional format, which is all based off of lines. And then they build it. And then it goes to an engineer, which brings it into a third-dimensional platform in reality. So the thought then goes from thought platform, two-dimensional, then the three-dimensional reality where I can physically pick it up, touch it, and maneuver it through the third dimension. So we manifest everything in the third dimension that way, starts off as a thought. We literally create things, just like the universe creates, we are also co-creators in our reality as well. How often are we as
2: human beings tapping into this, whatever it is, the matrix, let's call Mm -hmm.
1: it, and not even know that we're doing it? It's non-stop. Scientists discovered that human DNA can upload and download digital bits of information, that it sends and receives information wirelessly, like a Wi-Fi signal, and that we interact with each other wirelessly, wirelessly on a consistent basis, Also, that DNA stores memories. So a lot of your memories are stored in DNA, which is something that a lot of people don't know. This is real science. So if you're sending and receiving wireless information and signals directly from this DNA, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, you might get an idea that pops into your mind about an invention or an idea. But really, all those inventions and ideas are all floating around in the ether of space-time. You might have matched a specific frequency to download that information at that moment so you're the one who's lucky enough to be able to decipher it and then bring it to fruition, kind of like what Edgar Cayce used to do. Did most of our ancients understand this? Oh, they understood it and they knew all about it. And there were mystery schools set up for just the elite of the elites, or hand-picked people that they felt had specific uh, specific talents to be able to really analyze and understand it and utilize it in the right way, for good. And that's originally what the mystery schools were all about. Eventually, when these deified gods left, then it started getting twisted and turned into darkness. Interesting taking on us. Did science ever catch up with what they did a long time ago? We're trying. I mean, I really... It's not there yet, though. It's not there. No, it's not. I mean, if you look at Abu Simba, for example, in Africa, uh, where I visited in person, it was much further down the mountain there, and it had a specific alignment where, at the solstice, the sun would come through the center of that temple and illuminate the gods at the back, okay? Precisely. Right. We cut it up in chunks and moved it up the hill because they were building a dam there. And the dam was going to flood it so that, you know we, we still want it is. to be where it was right yeah. they tried to put it in the same angle to get the, the illumination right and they were about five degrees off they still couldn't get the, the illumination. illumination didn't work i mean that's with modern technology you know so we're trying and i think a lot of scientists and aerospace technicians and everything else they, they go to these ancient texts even hitler went all around the world scouring the planet for ancient texts about technology because he wanted to do oh he was obsessed with the occult in oh. the ancient world yes he obsessed was absolutely because he knew that was the key to technology and that's what it's all about and i think we're duplicating or trying to duplicate everything that's in these ancient texts the more i read ancient texts the more i say wow let me find it." we're doing it now and i go oh my god we're doing it now transferring consciousness they just transfer the monkey's consciousness into a computer i mean the 2045 project by ray Kurzweil in, in uh russia 2045.com, they're they're working on transferring human consciousness now into an actual biological avatar by 2045. The DARPA program is now, to have a program in America where they're transferring a soldier's consciousness into a field robot. If Hitler wasn't so insane, and if he wasn't so horrible as a human being,
2: God knows how far the Germans would have advanced with technology. Oh,
1: they would have been light years ahead. <laughs> they were way ahead of us. Yeah. I mean, they were so far ahead that we decided to take all their you know, all their scientists. We, uh, yeah, I mean we, we got to the moon because of German scientists. Basically we became the fourth right, but we took all of them. We took people thought it was just a small amount of scientists that we took from there. We took over sixteen hundred people from, from and, Germany. and so did the Soviets, I think. Yeah, they, they took some too. There were a lot of people working on a lot of projects. And we took them. We put we put them in key positions of power here in, in the United States as well. well they had the V2 rocket way before we even knew what a rocket was. Exactly. Was incredible. Yeah, and von Braun was quoted as saying that we had help from other people. Well, maybe we did. There's an old saying called "As above, so below." What does that mean? Well, you know, so in the mi- macrocosm, so in the microcosm. We're, everything you can look at on a large scale you can find it in the smallest scale. If you look at the universe as a whole, the universe to me is a biological entity that's conscious. And, it to, and we are just another a small fractal of what the universe is. So if you look at, uh, for example, a human eye, and you'll see the retina uh, of the eye, the iris of the eye, and look at a nebula, you'll see that they look almost identical. Interesting analogy. Right. If you look at a brain cell, and then look at a zoomed out version of the universe from billions of miles away, it looks like a brain cell. Huh. You know, it's really amazing. If you look at the birth of a cell, a cell, cell division, right. and look at a uh, supernova, same thing. Same thing. Yep. And I can just keep going on and on and on. Everything, instead of one blood cell in a human, is an entire universe. Everything that's needed for that that one cell to live, and, you know, the power source and everything else, it's an entire universe, just like our universe is. And then also, if you look at the multiverse, which we now believe scientifically through quantum physics multi, exists, multi universes. look at the cells in the human body. The cells are all each multiverse, a multiverse inside of your body. So there's just so many ways you can go at it. I mean, you know, an uh, atom versus a solar system. You know, you have electrons orbiting the, you know, the, the atom. I mean, so you can just look at There's so many different comparisons you can make. But the as above, so below is really, it's really a true thing that, that uh, folk talks about in the Emerald Tablets. And you can make so many comparisons to it. And you look into the fact that we may be living in a fractal holographic universe. If you take a hologram and take one piece of the hologram out and look at it, you're going to see the entire hologram in the smallest piece. Could we really be living in a holographic universe? I really do believe so. Really? And it's talked about in the Emerald Not alone. People yeah. like Elon Musk believe the same thing. Yeah, Elon Musk and a lot of other theoretical physicists as well have come forward now. Uh, James Gates has talked about this, uh, he's a, 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 a theoretical physicist and also he's a, a master of supersymmetry and he did, he basically discovered, him and his team of, of scientists discovered that the ether of space time is running off of something called adinkra codes and these adinkra codes which were talked about ironically by the Dogon tribe for many thousands of years are the same exact codes that we now use in our web browsers and search engines so the ether of space time is running off the same code that runs searches in the websites. So we're living inside, to me, of a creation. And when you begin to look at the fact of fractals through something called the Mandelbrot set, you discover that uh, everything is literally just a small piece of the whole. So, like I was saying, if you take out a piece of a hologram and look at it, you can see the entire hologram in the smallest piece. You only lose resolution. And it almost seems as if our reality is happening as we need it. Like in a video game, next frame of graphics appears when you get there when you need it to show up. So right now we can't see our homes, our houses, wherever we're from. So they don't exist as solid objects right now. They exist as electromagnetic waves. Until we physically see them, then they collapse back into a solid a, a structure. Again. Does this mean that we're not real? No, it means that we're real because consciousness is real. But what it means is the third dimension is an illusion. Consciousness is being broadcast in from another realm. There was a scientific study done where they took people and put them in a room and had them look at images on the screen, so they wanted to map the human brain to see what the human brain, under certain feelings and emotions, what it looked like on a computer. Something happened by accident. Each image they put in 10, 10 seconds apart, and what happened was they were showing images of serene ocean views and roses, and they were showing somebody getting killed or murdered. Uh, and all these different emotions of a baby. So, what happened is now the computer started picking up something seven seconds in advance. Up to seven seconds in advance, the human brain was sending to the computer what was going to happen on the next image. And they were I away time. Ahead of time. Ahead of time. Ahead of time. Ahead of time. We're that in real time. So we're, we're, we're living, we're, we're, our brains are, have these crystals inside of them, magnetite crystals, and we're receiving a signal and we're decoding that signal into what we can consider reality. Well, you know, Billy, my radio show, Coast to Coast, mm-hmm. we're on a delay, yeah. which means what I've
2: said hasn't happened yet to the people who are listening. Right. Is that
1: almost like the same thing? Very, very similar. Even the fact that we're sitting here and I'm looking at you, you're looking at me this close together, you're not seeing me in real time. Because why? The photons have got to bounce off of me, hit your retina, go to the back of the brain, get decoded, and give you an illusion of what's right. going on outside. It might be nanoseconds. Yes. But it's still not real time. It's still not real time. You're seeing me as I was, not as I am. You know, so we're living in a universe that's basically, a, a conscious stream is being sent in, these avatar bodies are encapsulating part of that consciousness and decoding it and giving us this broadcasted uh, hologram of what's going on out here and we're maneuvering through the third dimension that way. So we've been talking about the
2: holographic universe. Gaius's show called Mystery Teachings jumps into this too.
3: Could we be living inside a hologram? What really is
2: a hologram anyhow?
3: Let's explore both the physics and metaphysics of holographic being, and what that means for us. First of all, what is a hologram? We've all seen that shiny image of a dove on the back of a Visa credit card, or the hologram trading cards of our favorite superheroes when we were kids. These are two-dimensional films that have three-dimensional information encoded in them. And when light shines on them in the right way, we can see the image as if it is three-dimensional. And the word itself gives us insight into what a hologram is. It comes from the ancient Greek words holos and gramma. Holos means whole, while gramma means that which is drawn or written, as in a picture, a drawing, an alphabetical letter, or a piece of writing that contains a message. Thus so a hologram is an image or a message that depicts the whole. There are two main defining features of a hologram. First, every part contains the same pattern or information as the whole. If we break off a piece of a holographic plate and then shine light onto just that fragment, it will still contain the whole image. In this regard, it is fractal-like or recursive, meaning it doesn't matter how small of a scale we go to, it will still contain the whole pattern within each piece. A large amount of information is contained in a hologram. The second defining feature is that a hologram is a projection from a lower dimensional encoding of information about a higher dimensional reality. An easy way to think about this is what happens when we go to the movie theater. The movie we see on the screen is a projection from light shining through the film in the movie reel. That film is imprinted with images and information from the studio recordings of real people acting out their parts. The real people are three-dimensional in this case, but the film is two-dimensional. And we watched that movie being projected onto a two-dimensional screen as well. So this example is not holographic, but it gives us an idea of what is meant by a projection, from a lower-dimensional encoding of information about a higher-dimensional reality.
2: All right, Billy. So, so interpret
1: what Teresa Buller right. just said. Well, she's saying it's, it's really what a lot of us now are really starting to come to realize is the fact that uh, this this entire third dimension is a projection, most likely from possibly what I consider to be a dodecahedron structure outside of the universe, outside of the frame of the universe. Created by who? The divine creator? Uh, possibly the divine creator or creators. I think that we're living in an ancestor civilization. So there is a creator of the universe because the mathematics proves it. Somebody made them. Somebody made them. I think it goes many layers. I don't think that we're even close to base reality. Uh, I think that there's many layers to reality and many, many universes created by ancestor civilizations. For example, the video game The Sims. They're going to become conscious with the AI technology now. And that video game has real people in it that are going to going to work, having babies, uh, have, going to parties and everything else. At one point, will they then create their own uh, and simulated universe, and then there'll be one inside of that game. I think that just many levels of reality and many levels of universes that occur by creators like ourselves using this fractal-mathematic pattern that we rediscovered, basically, and uh, it basically says that, uh, you know, we're living in a universe that is created, however, we are like a simulation in other words if i took all the uh, empty space out of all the atoms out of 7.5 billion people that are on this planet i could fit every single person into one sugar cube i mean we're a, this is all an illusion <laughs> this is, it, we're not even really here what does this do to modern religion i think it destroys modern religion uh, i think that it, it enhances spirituality unless you know that you have to have a divine connection with the source with the god energy whatever god you want to call it the universe whatever you want to call it you can have a direct connection with that divinity. You don't need to go through these, uh, in my opinion, through this religious system, which is more contours towards control and the monetary system. So I think that the knowledge of what we're talking about, what we're trying to explain to people here, will free people mentally and allow them to connect to their true source and, and also to take a journey to inner space and realize that these are the temples that need to be visiting and that the true power of divinity is within them already and they can have a lot more control over their life than they really thought they've been relinquishing their control and begging and hoping for things to change and happen when they can realize that a lot of the power and control and energy is already inside of them and it's been, and been endowed with it to allow themselves to control their realities on around them. day. What do you think the message that Toth wanted to convey to us? The biggest message is the fact that mankind has the capability of not only reaching the level that he's on but even exceeding that level according to him. And that we that uh, you know, and we can do it. That we can do it. That it's already within us to do it, and we have the capability to rise up above the darkness that we're in and get to a high level of not only consciousness but civilization, and live in a and live in a pattern of love, of unconditional love and light towards one another. And that we'll become a space frame race and we'll be able to travel to other worlds, not only in this galaxy but even in other galaxies. Where does your research take you next, Billy? It takes me right now into, you know, I really want to delve a lot deeper into the sciences behind uh, spirituality. I really want to learn a lot more about the unified physics aspect. Um, I'm working on a movie right now called uh, Chronicles of the Anunnaki, which is going to be based off of ancient texts and tablets and bringing the real Star Wars to light, uh, going from galactic wars all the way to the current day that we're in over many episodes or many series. So I'm really excited about that,
3: oh, I and I'm looking forward to
1: speaking with uh, Eric Von Daniken in 2020 in Blackpool, UK. Is there a Nobel Prize in science for you somewhere? I hope so, that would be nice, you know, just to be, i would not, maybe not a Nobel Prize, but just to be recognized. And I'm doing a lot of work, a lot of countless uh, hours, a lot of, you know, three-hour nights of sleep, and traveling all around the world on my own dime to try to really bring the truth to humanity as to what I'm discovering and what I believe is going on out there, and letting them make their own decision by providing with enough research material to say, okay, I can check into what he's saying, and this is what I'm thinking, and a lot of it's matching up with what I've said.
2: Are you looking at anything, Billy, that could be destructive to humankind? Is there anything out there that you see that scares the living daylights out of you that you haven't told us
1: yet? Well, the biggest thing that worries me right now is AI, artificial intelligence. Uh, I think in the wrong hands, it could become detrimental to the human race. Even the Anunnaki themselves had realized this, that by making a very limited amount of these uh, androids that they had created in these ancient tablets, they had androids, even Gilgamesh went on a journey with an android, but they had a very limited amount and when it came down to talking about making a slave race, they decided to go with a genetic hominid instead of an AI technology because they can have more control over a biological entity than they can AI because AI will become smart enough to replicate itself, realize we don't need humans or biological entities and then take over. So my biggest fear is the fact we do have the global net, Skynet really is active, and once AI taps into Skynet, and if these uh, these entities or these robots become conscious enough, they may want to eliminate human beings. Are you hopeful for the future of mankind? I'm very hopeful for the future. I, I really am. I really do believe that we're going to rise above, above all this. These are our lessons as, we, as we're trying to learn how to walk, and we're stumbling a little bit, but we will learn how to walk, and we will learn how to run, and we will become a much more conscious civilization. We're already heading that direction now, and it's just a matter of time before we get back to the golden age. We're now like the pioneers trying to help mankind get there. Billy, thanks for being on Beyond Belief. Thank you, it's good to be back again. Thank you so much. It is amazing Great. the teachings yeah, nice. of the
2: ancients, and if we could just apply it to the way we live today, think of the kind of planet we could create. I'm Georgia. Okay,
0: uh, are you still there? Yes, you are, Good. I'm going to read some comments now. <clears throat> A few comments, um... Hey, yeah, how come they... I don't see my comments. Shit. Do you think they could or something? I don't see my comments. Where the fuck is my comments? <sighs> Billy was a little kid in nineteen seventy-seven. Where does Thoth get the extra Avatar bodies from besides the original body he reincarnated in? He made clones of himself using his own DNA. Billy, you are amazing. You're trying to transcend it beyond belief. Your spot on a- you're spot on on a lot of your information. That's really incredible. He's 65, Jesus. AI takes over Skynet, someone made it to <coughs> program now. He was she later became taught. Lingishid And I and people people commenting here are really fucking <coughs> um tuned in. They jump! But it's by way of reincarnation, except for the, a lot of times their spelling sucks. I always heard it's the reptilians that are the deep state. I, dark forces. Billy Carson is truly an amazing person. I learned so much from this video, it helped me connect the dots. Look at the balls above the drawings on the animal depicted of the gods, is actually them humbling themselves to the souls by being, and how they were submissive to the souls of Ra. Is Ra, El, is Ra, the say, Ra is the creator of House of El, meaning. 11 number 11 angels number the red soul depicts the son of God Adam The black Cobra around it is protecting the Sun then turns white to show the return of a valley F-A-L-L-E angel returning to protect Adam as an angel of God returned from his fall dude Stuff is kind of <clears throat> I kind of missed out a uh, I was in my garden, so I kind of missed a little bit of this. Um, there is so much that's being missed because the people look physical, with all needs to realize that animal depicted gods are same gods throughout all history because they are beings with no actual face once they leave Earth. So they have given instructions to not depict a face because souls are the beings of God and they know they were, protect- they were protected God as he descended to hell from dying for the sins of the world as Christ. The son God Ra is the son of gods in the Bible. How oh, there are religious connections to religious beliefs. Yin and Yang is masculine feminine, not good and evil. Things selfish and selfless. My friend, got a big one here for you. The fact that we live in a holographic universe proves that the concept of original sin is false. This dark tool of control has been used for thousands of years to keep people trapped in root chakras, fear, self-hate, other hate, and the perpetuation of evil, because we are we were taught that we were created out of evil sin. However, through the science of quantum physics, we know that, like the saying as above, so below, everything exists in a hologrammatic, fractalized reality, and therefore, unless the Judeo-Christians would have you believe that every single color, every single sound, every vibration plant, animal, and mineral, star, planet, and solar system, and yes, every dimension is created in sin, then nothing is. The biggest tool is fake. Humanity is perfect, holy, sacred, and divine. We are gods. that is is Mr. William Carson says here in this excellent program. May peace ring through your soul and share your light and love the world. Crispy Matters. <laughs> Crispy Matters. I've been waiting for this. Gaia just came back to me. Hallelujah. I'm only halfway through watching my first video. I've got so much energy excitement flowing through my body. No words could describe what I'm feeling right now. I would like to know more about Billy Carson, but for now I'm just going to take in all that I can with as many videos as I can possibly watch in a day. Okay, I agree. Explains extremely complex topics very, very well. I can't wait to see the series he's making. Uh, to be honest, I agree. Thousands of books, texts, scriptures. He said all in 20 years. Oh, yeah. Seemingly impossible. Plus, look at how he explains things. He said things were bit him like he's been saying it for a very long time. I thought I was the only one. Billy Carson, yes, I believe they are here jumping from body to body. Me, as Billy Carson may be actually Thoth? I feel like he could totally be Thoth in a human suit. <laughs> I agree, explains extremely complex topics very, very well. I can't wait to see the series he's making. That would. That's what I would do if I were God. I would send um, Thoth as a black man. <laughs> I think they are those aliens. I've got... That feeling as well like the man telling us about that, but he is an alien for the advancement of the human beings, so I'm okay with this. This is an amazing episode. The content is well thought out and shared in a way that even a layperson can understand. Billy Carson is an astute researcher an expert presenter. George Norrie is a great host and interviewer. Overall, great Q&A. Somehow... See if that works. Less than a minute ago, okay. It looks right now like it posted, but. Okay. So, yeah, that was a great show. Let's go on to another. Shall we? Yes, we shall. I want to learn more about the Emerald Tablets. Brian, thanks for watching. No, thank you guys, man. Okay, um. Osiris. I want to learn more about Osiris. New understandings of the Great Pyramid, mind dynamics, Egyptian goddess Ned story and meditation. Jesus and the purifying mysteries, the law, secret, dwell, Uh Jesus and the rod and the ring, Egypt and the soul, Atlantis connection to Abydos. DMTR and the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go back here. I would say God nuts. Jesus and the Purifying Mysteries. Oh, I've been playing the video. Oops. Uh, not connected to Wi Fi. Okay, great. Mm. Looks like I'm not going to be able to play another one. So, bye. Wear a mask in public indoor spaces and call Congress 202 224 Demand criminal indictments for Mr. Trump and his GOP enablers. Call the White House 2 456 1111 Demand criminal indictments in, of insurrection against all of these motherfuckers. And bar them from office, bare minimum. Keep your eyes on the prize, America.